Hello, I'm Alex Mansfield, the host of Manny Talk Shooting, and welcome to another episode. This is the shooting podcast where I talk to individuals all across the shooting industry. We'll talk competition, self-defense, concealed carry. If you like this content, check out our YouTube channel, Manny Talk Shooting. And without further ado, let's get to this episode. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Manny Talk Shooting, the shooting podcast on the internet, for the internet, because the internet. Um, I guess that's the only way I know how to do this. I don't haven't figured it out to do it live in person yet. Kind of, but not. But anyway, let's get on. Uh, we're talking about the awesome title sponsor of the podcast, Go Fast, Don't Suck. Bill does not pay me to wear this hat. It just covers my receding hairline, and I love it. Thank you, Bill. Anyway, go check out Go Fast, Don't Suck at gofastdon'tsuck.net. I say that all the time, but it's okay. You can get match banners that's behind me, um, awesome match jerseys, all my jerseys for my matches and my years of shooting. I don't know why I buy them, but they're from Bill, so go check them out. Um, get them hurtful memes on the internet now that they've returned, but they're oh so true. But anyway, gofastdon'tsuck.net. Tell them Manny sent you. Move on with your day. Oh, this is a long one. That was great. But anyway, let's get to the guest of the show, um, Mr. Uh, Dave Riddle from the Casual Shooters Podcast. How you doing, Dave? Good. How are you, Manny? I am fantastic. Thank you for coming on. This is going to be a hoot. Even though I'm going to ramble in the <laughs> beginning, it's going to be great. Yeah, It's got to be fun. Yep. Now, so everyone, if you don't know, this is Dave, have you ever been on a, a podcast other than your own? I have not. Well, that's great. We're going to break some icebreakers today, but it's okay. Um, if any of you don't know, Dave's awesome. He has his own podcast. We'll get about that here in a minute. But but Dave, how did you get into shooting and who are you? Um. All right. Well, I'll start with the first question because the second one's much more difficult. <laughs> um. I actually grew up around shooting. My dad was the head coach of the Marine Corps rifle team back in the 70s. And so I was around competition shooting, man, for as long as I can recall. And I actually started, my first job was actually working NRA high power rifle matches. I was the kid, literally the kid that would, and this was probably, I guess about 12, 11 or 12, I started this where I would take the scorecards because, you know, there was no internet then. There was no such thing as practice score. Mm -hmm. Everything had to be tabulated by hand. So you would write your scores on a scorecard. And at the end of the, uh, that string of fire. So normally 22 minutes, they'd bring them all to the center of the firing line. And then I was the one who would take all these scorecards and take them to another area where there was a bunch of administrative folks, like three or four people. They would take these scorecards and start tabulating scores and they'd put them on a big, it wasn't a dry erase board. It was just a, um, like a, a big sheet of plexiglass over top of a chart. And then they would just start filling it in with names using markers and stuff. And, um, so that's how I got into, I was around it so much. I was doing it. So I'd get like, a an air gun. And I would literally be in the backyard practicing all the stuff that I saw the shooters doing. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got into it. So, and everything, so everything I've been around has been precision. And then I got in the Marine Corps myself. Um, I was on the Marine Corps rifle team in 1990. I spent seven weeks shy of four years at the scout sniper instructor school as an instructor. So all my stuff has always been up until 2018. It's all been rifle and precision. 
Well, that's actually pretty cool. I've never heard of that kind of, you know, rifle shooting. Oh, but sir, thank you for your service. <laughs> thank you. I mean, I don't say it enough. I know a lot of veterans that I'm just like, eh, I'll get over it. But anyway, so that's kind of cool. So you were literally like the stats person before there was stats people. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. That, and then I bet you had to be really, <laughs> that makes sounds as bad, but it's probably had to be really good with an abacus to figure out all the scores. <laughs> well, the good thing was that I didn't have to do a whole lot of tabulation. I did most of the carrying of mm-hmm the scorecards to the um, adults at mm-hmm. the time. And then they would sit there and actually tabulate. So, mm-hmm. so at what point, uh, how long did it take you of just running, you know, the stats around, did it take till you actually was able to start competing? Um. Well, that's the, that's the funny thing. I never, as a kid, I never actually competed. Mm-hmm. I did that. And then I progressed to, um, they have these huge target frames, which go up and down vertically. So I progressed from being the guy who would run the cards to the trailer and back to being one of the guys in the pits mm-hmm. pulling targets for money. And then it wasn't until I actually joined the Marine Corps that I got into actual competition shooting. Cause then I started shooting division matches um, I was high shooter. I was high shooter in all of the units I was at. Um, so that's really where I took everything that I had learned and everything I had practiced and then put it into play then. Mm-hmm. So would be working in the pits kind of be like, Oh Lord, now, now I'm forgetting like F class or something like that, where you'd stick a paste, you'd stick like this little circle thing in the hole and let people know where they were hitting, figure out how many points they'd get. Yes. And that's why I'm very particular. I hate it when people use the word spotter. You have Mm -hmm. a sniper and spotter. No, a spotter is that disc you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It goes in the target to mark your shot hole. Then you have a scoring disc that you put on the outer edge of the target, which tells them whether it's an X, a 10, a nine or whatever. And it's a sniper observer team. So mm-hmm. I hate it when people say spotter because every time they say spotter, I'm like, no, that's that disc that goes on a target. Stop calling me a disc. Mm-hmm. There was a short period where I was watching F class like content. It was quite entertaining. Mm. Like Eric Cortana makes F class kind of interesting. I am not familiar with the name. He's a, a Nash. He he's kind of probably be a world champion, you know, precision rifle shooter um, out of Texas. And he also builds barn dominiums as his like day job. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's got a couple YouTube channels. That he, at one point, he appeared on uh, uh, Demolition Matt's uh, stuff. So that's how I kind of found him. So that was kind of interesting. But um, check that out. Yeah, and he's like he I, I want to say he invented or he trademarked. Uh, it's called the EC Tuner. It's, it goes. It's like a muzzle device for precision rifles that it, it's a break, but it also too. It's it's interesting. Mm. I'm, I'm not yep, that big into rifles. talking about. Mm-hmm. funny enough okay. if i go like 40 feet that way i've got like a prs shooter like who's my neighbor and oh you know if you want to think about expensive like open guns can be like talk to a guy with a precision rifle <laughs> yeah especially when they're 30 pounds and i'm like why this is really heavy i don't want to carry this up any hill yeah but yeah that's so, a very expensive sport yeah yes it is luckily enough let i mean 
we all bit, like complained about, oh, our barrel needs to be replaced after what, 100,000 rounds or something, right? And they're like, I get 1,500 rounds out of my barrel. And I'm like, yeah, and it's several, and it's as much as your pistol costs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's rough. So you, so you said back in 2018, you started competing in USPSA, correct? Yeah. What, what made you find USPSA at, at that time? That's a, that's a good question. I think it was, I think it was actually YouTube. I just saw the competition. I'm like, wow, that's pretty interesting. I should, I should give that a shot. I had been shooting, I had gotten back into high power again because mm-hmm. my kids were old enough that I could start doing that type of stuff. And um, I saw, and I've never been a big pistol shooter, mm-hmm. but I saw that and I was like, now that would be fun. I need to give that a shot. And I, I went out and I, I had just starting to having to use readers mm-hmm. glasses, which is what I'm wearing now. Mm-hmm. And I, I noticed that the front sight and the rear sight weren't quite as clear as they used to be. So uh, I ended up seeing a, a student, I ended up going and looking for a gun at a gun store with an optic. And so I jumped right in with carry optics from the very beginning. It was that purely, was that more based on the YouTube or the fact of your vision? Well, the carry optics was vision. Mm-hmm. The mat, you know, getting into that competition was YouTube. YouTube didn't steer me to any division at all. Like I, I literally still went into the competition blind. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, it's well, I mean, back what in 2013, 2014, um, the only dot division there was was open. So you had to go spend exorbitant amounts of money to even shoot with a dot in the sport. Now, you know, there's so many value offerings i won't even call them cheap but value offerings to get into carry optics it's it's insanely ridiculous mm-hmm. so is your steel frame arrived yet no because i want the chrome and i can't find it anywhere oh so you can only find the all black gun yeah and i have i have an all black poly gun i love it but i don't want an all black steel gun too i want the chrome and then i'll have the all black poly mm-hmm. so yeah. And what made you pick Canik? Uh, when I went to that gun store, I was, I was a 1911 guy because mm-hmm. when I joined the military, that's what they were still using. My dad had used them. Everybody had seen shooting NRA pistol competition, used them. And I was at the store and I'm looking around and I see I had owned a, um, a Springfield and a Smith and Wesson and a few other polyguns. Uh, semi-autos but i saw this other gun and i'm like canic i said what in the world is that i've never heard of that before in my life and i'm like i I consider myself a guy who at least knew all the names in the gun community Mm -hmm. you know so i'm like canic what i'm like can i see that and it was at a cabela so it was right before they were bought out by um oh shoot i can't think of the other one's name right now right off the top of my head uh, Bass Pro Shop. Mm-hmm. So they weren't required to have a trigger guard, a trigger lock on it. So when he handed it to me, I was able to cycle the slide and pull the trigger. And I was like, whoa, this trigger is as nice as the my 1911. I'm like, this is weird. So I kept playing with it. And I'm like, this is crazy. I turned to my wife. I'm like, that's the craziest thing I've ever felt on a semi-auto pistol. 
I said, I'm going to have to get one of those. So that's into the, that's how the trigger, the trigger mm-hmm. got me. Right. Well, especially that obscure name of you're like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. where, did, where did this come from? I'm like, and then there's some, you know, I feel like I'm very up to beat on new guns or new products coming out. Some of these day, things like, where did that come from? Like, where did I miss this? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I somebody had to tell me, but at SHOT Show, Bond Arms is making a lower and a bolt carrier group to make it a lever action. Like, That's crazy. It is. Cra- and it's like, I'm tempted to try one, not to buy one, but to try. I sucker but, one of my got a sucker one of my friends into buying one, I guess. And I saw a um I went and interviewed a guy, the owner of this company. They're creating they built a pistol that is a 1911 grip style, but all the parts on it are interchangeable with Glock parts. So it's not a Glock gun. Mm-hmm. It's completely what they built, but they built it so that you could replace their stuff with Glock parts. So you can find parts for their gun anywhere. I was like, well, that's freaking genius. But mm-hmm. the ergonomics of it are a thousand times better than a Glock. Yeah. That yes, the Glock has something to be desired. But for a while, I was surprised how well a Glock fit my hands until you go to other platforms, right? When you, you find things that just fit better. I mean, God, I mean, you could you know how the, I, it's always fun, interesting because they say Glock perfection until you change everything and then it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, how many how many years have you been going to Shot Show? Um, I well, I've been to Shot Show three times total. Mm-hmm. Nineteen ninety six was my first one, and then twenty two and twenty three. Okay, so you're kind of just getting back into Shot Show. What made you? say you want to go to shop show well because of the podcast Mm -hmm. i felt that it would be a good way to network be able to talk to the people at the different um manufacturers see what's coming out so that was when i was there in 96 i wasn't there for as media um we were actually piggybacking in someone else's booth because at that time I was training law enforcement and civilians with precision marksmanship. Mm -hmm. So we were there in that capacity. So I didn't really walk around much and see anything. Um, And then in 2021, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to go back, but as media and see what I can do. So that's why I've been going. Mm -hmm. Now, have you found it, you know, I mean, obviously it's a lot, it's a big commitment to go all the way out to Vegas for four to five days, you know, to be gone. Um, Has that, has it really been a good return on investment for you? I kind of look at it as like um, starting a business where you have to give it a few years, Mm -hmm. but I have noticed a difference just between 2022 and 2023 with um, making contacts, networking. Uh, I actually had someone reach out to me and invite me to a private party during the shot show and stuff like that. So as the podcast grows and as I network more and more, then yeah, I think it does. And I think it will. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm assuming you go to, you go to the media range day as well, or. I did not have an invite to that because that's by invite only. Mm-hmm. So I'm eventually hoping that that's where it goes. 
Yeah, I could see that. And I didn't, I, but I didn't, I also didn't know that it was media, you know, invite only media range day, which I guess I could understand because that could influx a lot of cameras. And we, there's not all the time in the world for everybody to get a five to 10 minute video on X product at the range, right? Right. Now, did you feel, I know last year was a lot calmer for Shot Show from what I saw. How was the feel this year going? Uh, this year it was just purely sea of humanity. Mm-hmm. It was wall to wall people, people everywhere. It was crazy. But it was obviously worth it because you're going to go back again next year. <laughs> Chances are, yeah, I will go back next year. Uh, yeah, it was worth it. Um, I, I Last year's was, this is how I look at it. Last year, there were a lot of people that didn't show up. Sig didn't go. Beretta didn't go. Safari Land wasn't there. There was a lot of empty space. Mm-hmm. But the first day I got there, when I went in 96, it was in Dallas. So I had never been to Vegas and that place was huge. So my first day I was like, oh my God, I've just got to try to find my way around. So I spent the whole day, other than when I would stop at the Canic booth and say hello to Nils and Frank, which was probably four times that day. um, I, I was literally just trying to find my way around and learn the floor plan. Mm-hmm. So this year with everybody being there and and actually having an agenda of what I wanted to do, who I wanted to see each day, it worked out because I already knew the floor plan. It pretty much the same. So I was able to get a lot more accomplished this Mm -hmm. year than I was the first last year. Right. And I hear that the the cell reception or the Wi-Fi is terrible, but they have an app to help you find places. (laughs) Yeah. But I also found out that like I stopped in the media has their own room up on the fourth floor in one of the buildings. And I stopped in there just like I did last year. I stop in there and I'll do some, I'll do some things. I'll download some videos or put some stuff together while I'm in there. And I stopped in their desk and I'm like, Hey, I had an agenda. Like you can get on the shot show website and click on a bunch of things you want to do. You can type in some notes, like, ask them about X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Well, when you go to the app, they don't talk. So I spent all this time putting it in on a computer, but yet it didn't say anything on my phone. So it's like, great, I can go in here, but it doesn't tell me anything. So I had, that the app doesn't do you a whole lot of good. I ended up using literally a physical map that I got And I just annotated stuff all over that thing, folded it up like I was in the military (laughs) and, and navigated my way around that way and used my map, my handheld map. It probably would work better most times (laughs) because at least then you could use it reliably. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you don't have to worry about Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, when you go to SHOT Show, do you take a backpack? Are you, are you one of those people who lugs around like the tote thing? (laughs) (laughs) it's funny you ask last year and this year i used a backpack Mm -hmm. so i would stop open up my stuff get it out do what i needed to do um but i told my wife i was like this isn't gonna it isn't gonna work it doesn't i don't like the way it works so what i'm trying to find right now is kind of like a small suitcase on wheels that you can open up and it's compartmented 
and I can just reach in, grab my stuff and go, but I don't have to constantly carry stuff on my back. I can just wheel it around with me. That does make sense. Now, were you one of those people at SHOT Show who decided to collect everything from every booth? <laughs> no, but my wife did. Oh, okay. So she got all the patches <laughs> and stickers. <laughs> yeah. And then we come home and she's like, oh, here's all your stuff. I was like, oh my God, where did all this come from? <laughs> I did tell my one friend from Chicago who went I'm like, your job is to get me patches. My patch wall is empty. I need some. Oh my gosh. There were patches upon patches there. The Not one last I year, but this year. I, the one thing I am jealous that I probably couldn't ever get is the rival spot, the, the two spy patches. Oh, okay. The, yeah. The, the rival, uh, Canic patch. I actually had to look that up with that. What, what, what the two dudes are from on that patch. And I felt kind of embarrassed, but it was, it was fun. <laughs> I think I have several of those actually. <laughs> it's like, Hey Nils, it's like your, it's like your check pass, right? You're like, Oh, thanks for another patch. Thanks for another patch. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess it's time I want to ask you this is, um, you know, we've talked about you going with the podcast to SHOT Show. What made you start the podcast? It must have been 2019, late 2019. So when I got into this USPSA thing, I started looking for podcasts to learn how to do this stuff. So I found Steve Anderson's That Shooting Show. Uh, Cody and Joel Park were mm -hmm. doing that one. I can't remember the name of it right off the top of my head. Shoot Fast. Just there you go. Yeah. And um, what else? Oh, then he had Ben's and Arc Levy's. So, but about a year later, everything seemed to be slowing down. And I reached out to Joel. I'm like, hey other than these podcasts, are you aware of any others? And he's like, no, that's basically all of them. And I was like, Oh man. So I was talking to some guys at work who were shooting and I was like, look, man, we need to, we need to start a podcast. And they were like, yeah, they were all about it, but they weren't doing anything either. So I'm like, I told them, I said, we had all planned to go to nationals in 2020 at Frostproof together. Mm -hmm. shoot on the same squad have a good time i told them i said so you guys know we're starting the podcast when we're there those are going to be our very first episodes and they're like oh okay so that it all came about because at the time there wasn't really i didn't feel there was a whole lot going on with podcasting arc was starting to slow down um cody Axon was slowing down so there just wasn't a whole lot out there. And I was like, all right, I'm going to start one. So we get more information out there. So that's what mm -hmm. started it. Yeah. And I will agree. Now it even seems like Steve is slowing down. I don't know if you still listen to Steve, but Steve is slowed down, um, yep. which I kind of appreciate because I don't need the set. Nothing against Steve. Steve puts out the same episode like <laughs> every time, but it's great for new people when new people find his podcast. So they can, they never feel like they're behind. But when you've been a listener for God knows how many episodes, like Jay Beal has listened to all of them. Right. Like, eventually it's, we got to get to a point, but that's cool. Yeah. What was it? Huggy and Leo, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I started listening to you guys at 43. I fell off at some point because my app did something weird, but I came back and it was like, so I remember my first episode of listening to you guys was episode 43 with the Williams sisters. 
Oh, okay. Which I think that might have been just you and the Williams sisters at that point. Because some of your episodes, it's just you plus a guest. Or it's all three of you and a guest. Yes. But it seems like the dynamic has changed recently. It's changed a lot. Um, Those two have... What do I want to say? Leo is basically, um, he's got two young kids and one of them takes a lot of attention. So there's some stuff going on there. So, you know, that's his been his focus. So he hasn't really been able to get on and Huggy, AKA Chris, um, he ended up going into the fire marshal's office. So he's been to different schools doing internships all of that. So it's taken him completely out of shooting. I don't think either one of them have shot a match in a year and a half. Oof. That's no fun. Yeah. Like they didn't shoot last season at all. So it would have been the season before if they have shot. Wow. I didn't know that. Well, and, and it's probably logistically getting all three of you or two of you on a podcast with a guest was probably almost a nightmare. Yeah. I, it was easier getting the the guest on than it was those two, mm-hmm. but but it's all good, right? It is all good, and I mean your your podcast is obviously going strong. You're at episode what hundred and I'm gonna have to scroll. Uh, one hundred twenty five is the yeah. last um the last one I was at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with uh, Matt Hopkins. Yep, which is great. I mean it it's nice to know that you're still going strong. It's not like it's going to fade anytime soon. The, the, I always, when I tell my wife about doing my podcast, like, aren't you done yet? I'm like, no, I've got so much more ground to cover. And yeah. well, the nice thing is when you talk to people, there's always something new to talk to people about. So you can bring old guests back on and you find new people every day. It's it's crazy. What, you know, these great shooters that pop out of nowhere come back. Right. Yeah. And for some of these episodes, you even have part twos because your conversation just goes on and it's great. And you're like, what, how do you decide where you cut it off at? Like, do you try to figure out a timeline to cut it off or, or do you just rip the bandaid off? <laughs> no, I, uh, I try to, I try to do it about halfway, but what I'll start doing is um, about five minutes or so before halfway I'll start listening from there. And then I try to find a place that makes a lot, you know, becomes logical that that would be a good spot to cut it and then split it there. But I've also done it before where I'm just like, I'm just going to cut it here. I'm not going to listen and we're going to go with that. So. Right. And I can see where that, you know, just like, cause who, the better question, who is your longest episode with of record time? Uh, I believe that was June Kim. I believe we went three hours. That's a long time to be sitting. Recording. It was a, <laughs> it was a very long time, and we were both like, "Holy cow, it's three hours. We should probably end this thing." <laughs> but we talked forever. And when I was in Vegas, we actually went out to dinner. So oh, there you go. Time. Yeah, yeah. My wife is always like, "Are you done yet?" I'm like, "No, leave me." <laughs> but I. I Sometimes when the creative juices are flowing and you're talking, it just keeps going and going. Yeah. And 
Yeah. I mean, the best ones are the ones where you look up and you're like, Oh my God, we should probably end this. We've been talking forever. Yeah. Well, and the nice thing is when you, you're able to keep the, uh, the audience still listening too, and they haven't turned it off, you know, because I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you look at your analytics kind of like I do, right. You look for trends in your listenership and it, the listeners will tell you everything you want to know. They just don't yeah. know how to, they, they just don't come out and tell you it, but you can look at numbers and figure it out. They definitely don't comment on anything. Yeah. Well, and I'm assuming you do a video format as well. You put it on YouTube now too. I do. Which my YouTube numbers are not as great as my podcast numbers. Not even close. It's this is I don't like the video format is more for me talking to you than it is for the people who watch it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's for sure. I, and I don't, I'm, you know, there's stuff that I talk to certain guests about where I share the screen, so I'd expect more YouTube viewers, but it doesn't seem to work out that way. My best YouTube viewership was actually the. Um, um oh shoot the debate i had between the five individuals running for uspsa president yeah well that i think it was you also live streamed it too didn't you i did which that definitely helps and and i think every time somebody leaves the like leaves the video and they come back in they it it gives you another tick which which is helpful uh yeah, that was 1,244 views. That's my best one. Well, that's that's still pretty good. But that's also been up. Well, that was a, at that time, that was a heated, heated topic. Everyone wanted to know who was going to be for president. Yeah, exactly. And now we're in the time of, we're going to have another election here. It's not too long. Exactly. It should be a little bit later this year. We should be doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> It just feels like yesterday you got into office. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it it's definitely trying. I, I wouldn't say it's trying times. It's definitely an interesting place currently. That's that's for sure. It, it almost um, it's almost a mirror of politics in the U.S. where people are almost split one side or the other. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I can see that. But uh, what was like? Oh, now if I think about it, if I'd have to look at my analytics right, but I think my best YouTube video of the podcast was actually with with Matt Hempel. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, freaking Slayer in Area Eight. Like, I will say, y'all in Area Eight have a lot of shooters, and you like to all shoot on the weekends. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're they're. I mean, I can't speak for the other areas of Area 8, but where I'm at in um, the middle of Virginia here, just about an hour south of D.C., there isn't any, you know, like during the week, nighttime stuff going on. It's Mm -hmm. only on the weekend. So you've got to drive around. I mean, I have one local match, then I have one an hour away, 45 minutes away, and two hours away. So... Mm -hmm not necessarily we're not necessarily inundated with with matches yeah well like every time i talk to matt hempel or chris gelnett um god who else nick reynolds it's everyone's like oh i'm gonna go shoot a match this weekend i'm like 
Uh, must be nice to drive reasonably and go shoot a match because I'm like you. Closest one's an hour. Second close is an hour and 20. Hour and a half, two hours. It's like, uh, I don't like driving that much. Especially after you've, you've shot all day and you're like, I got to drive home now. That two-hour drive is a rough one. Well, like I could have shot um, a match on Saturday, but I don't get off work till 6 a.m., so I wouldn't be getting home till seven. And then it's another hour and t- after I pack up, it's an hour and 10 minute drive there. So it's, it's not really, my schedule isn't very conducive to shooting either. No. So when you go shoot a major match, like area eight or nationals, you've got to plan out your time accordingly for work. I do. Like I'm shooting Del Marva, and I had to take time off in order to shoot it. So. Mm-hmm. Now, so if you do that, does that really jack your schedule up where you've got to have a bunch of shifts kind of leading up to it and then come right back and do a bunch of shifts or? No, I just, um, I just take leave so that mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with that. Yeah. So like for Del Marva, it's right. It's my second day of the tour. So I work, I was supposed to work Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I took off Friday and I'm shooting Friday. Mm-hmm. So Sunday, I'll have to go back to work. I worked Wednesday before, but like for nationals, I took off all three of those days that I'm supposed to work. And then I get the four days before and after. So I've got uh, 13 days in there with nationals being right smack in the middle. So I don't have to worry about shooting right or working right up to leaving and then working as soon as I get back. Well, that's beneficial then. Yes. It's kind of like my vacation. And that's my wife has a niece who lives in Hawaii. So her and her sister who lives 10 minutes from us, they take trips to Hawaii to visit with her. Well, I go to nationals to visit with shooters. Yeah. At least nationals is closer for you this year. It's only in Ohio. Yeah. It's only eight hours, not 11. Really? It still takes you eight hours to get there. Wow. Yeah. It's going to take me eight. But that's, I'm okay with that. That's again, that's a heck of a lot better than 11 to 12 hours. So, right. Well, I was trying to get Logan Saunders up to Michigan last year to shoot area five. And he's like, it's like 11, 12 hours. And it's like, I was like, I didn't know. Like, like that's, you know, I've been to, you know, Maryland, I got Marriott'sville. Like I had family who lived in Marriott'sville for a while and it was still a 10, 10 hour car ride to get there from where I lived. And I was like, oof, that's a long drive. Yeah, and Logan is another hour south of me, so mm-hmm. you're talking probably two and a half hours from where you're talking. Yeah, it's definitely, and, it, and then they're like, it's just closer to go to Talladega, but it's probably more of a straight shot kind of major highways and. But Chris Gelnet loves to carpool down there. It's crazy. Yeah, I like Chris. Chris is a good guy. Yeah, he's always he comes... working on. He, he always works on cars. That's all he does. <laughs> Yeah, and, and creates oil spills. Yeah, uh, I think he wanted to do that for attention. <laughs> I can't confirm or deny that. No, Holy I, cow. I wouldn't have wanted to clean that up, no. No, uh-uh. Not in a million years. Yeah. So I, from listening to a couple of your episodes, you really like the aim cam glasses. What really Love drew them. What really drew you to those? I saw a video. Um, shoot. What did I see? I think I saw a video on 
Instagram of someone using, I'm like, whoa, that's a heck of a, of an angle. And then um, at work, I went to our academy and for two years I was training paramedics mm -hmm. and they had bought some glasses with a camera right smack in the middle. Mm -hmm. um, and we would use them. We'd make students wear them while they did scenarios. And then we could go back later, show them, you know, what they were looking at, how they performed. We could talk about it all. But I used one one time in a match and I was like, yeah, it's okay, but it's still not, it's kind of like the people who wear the camera on the bill of their hat. Mm -hmm. You get a decent view of the gun, but when I saw the one with the aim cam where the camera's right there above your eye, you could literally see your dot. And, and I was still so new. I'm like, that's what I need to be able to see what it is that I'm doing and go back and be able to figure some things out. So um, I love them for that. Like I just shot a match, not this Saturday, but a week ago Saturday. And I was like, Ooh, I got on that trigger really hard. I'm sure that's a mic. And in the aim cam glasses, you could see how far off the target I was when I let the thing go. Cause I was just trying to prep the trigger, but I prepped it too much and let the first shot fire when it, and it's Virginia count. So I'm like, Oh, next target, here we go. So when I went back and looked, I was like, Oh my gosh, I was like a foot to the left of the target. You know, it was, I, it was pointed down range at the target, but I just got on the trigger too much, but I, I've been able to see that I follow. I mean, I lead my sights in transitions. Um, I can see where, my hits are on swingers with it. You know, anytime I have an errant shot, mm -hmm. it's all there. So I, I love those things. Yeah. I, I know Chris has been pushing me to try to get one for a while now. I just keep neglecting or something else comes up where I just don't get one. Of course. It's not your fault, Chris. It's it's not that I'm <laughs> neglecting what your advice is. <laughs> I'm with you, Chris. Yeah. Just just don't spill no more oil, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for stopping on this awesome episode of Mr. Dave Riddle of the Casual Shooters Podcast. Uh, it's kind of nice to talk to another podcaster because um, we're usually on the end of asking all the questions and not have to answer the questions. So um, I can't complain there. But anyway, let's talk about the sponsors. We're at the commercial, so it's Go Fast, Don't Suck. Go check them out, gofastdontsuck.net. Get your hats, your dry fire targets, your dry fire um, everything. Steel Challenge, USPSA. They stick on the wall. They're fantastic. But uh, get that. Get your memes when you need them. But anyway. Check them out. Tell them Manny sent you. Um, Hunter's HD Gold. Brian works super hard for our sport and the community. So go check him out at any match. Uh, you'll find him. His calendar is on his website. So go check him out. Um, use your certs up, guys. You're going to probably get them from many places. So use up those certs. Move on. Um, it's going to be fantastic. But yeah. So go check them out. Hunter's HD Gold.com. Don't forget, DominateDefense.com. Use the code MANNYTALKS10 for 10% off your Mach 1 speed belt combo. I'm going to say it's going to last any times longer, four to five times longer than any double off a premium belt. That's in CR speed as well. That's probably a shooter's connection belt. Um, I'm just going to say it right now. They're fantastic. The ratchet's great. All handmade in the U.S. of A in Idaho. But anyway, use that code and get 10% off. And uh, they support the sport too. So don't forget, uh, DivTechShop.com. DivTechShop uh, makes awesome 3D printed magnets for your um, your match belts, everything you kind of need. So uh, 
Go check them out. Uh, use the code Manitox Shooting for 10% off your whole order. Um, use it. Tell them I sent you anyway. I mean, that's what the kind of the code does anyway. But hey, go check them out. They're fantastic, and I love their products. Uh, don't forget, remember my friends Laugh, um, Tony and Jackie um, over at Laugh and Load or the Pew Time Podcast. Go check out their podcast, Pew Time, or their website, Laugh and Load. Go order a shirt. Um, they host my shirts, my official Manitox Shooting shirts. They've got the AFT Agent shirts. They have, oh, God, the Supreme Division shirts, Open, Limited, Carry Optics, PCC. Uh, they have them all, so go check them out. Um, they put out an awesome podcast and awesome products for their shirts, so go check them out. Don't forget, um, Outdoor Dynamics, they pulled the handle so you don't have to. Um, now sporting the Spicy 9 Major ammo that they've been producing. Uh, if it says it's out of stock, it won't be long. It's going to be a quick turnaround. You order it, he's going to make some, he's going to ship it out to you. That's how great it is. Uh, so, yeah, don't forget, check them out at uh, OutdoorDynamics.com or net. I, I, I think it's a net now that I say it. Duh. Anyway, don't forget, uh, TargetsUSA.com manufactures the finest steel targetry on the planet. I say it. Steve Anderson says it. Um, so it's got to be true, right? So somebody's saying it right. So anyway, check them out. Um, Holy Monkey Swingers. Um, we've got some target stands. The Rhino Knockdowns are fantabulous for practice or a match. So go check them out. He supports um, PS PCSL. Max Legrand is the sport really well. So go check them out. It's fantastic. Don't forget, target um, TimHarenShooting.com. Get on the schedule. Get on his classes. He's got me on the map. So check him out, TimHarenShooting.com. Uh, don't forget, also, Chile Custom Gunworks, uh, the sponsor of the Michigan sectional and Area 5 this year, and a lot of other major matches. Makes fantastic parts for your 2011s, your limited guns, your open guns. Um, check them out. Uh, you know you want an E2 L2 grip on your Staccato or Prodigy, so go do it. Go buy one. It's going to be great. Uh, it's metal, and it's not made of polymer. But <laughs> check them out, um, ccgunworks.com. Um, we've also got, uh, our friends over at Range Panda, um, Eric Steiner, Johnny Giordano, um, they make awesome, fantastic CNC products for your press, 3D printed products for your press, laser cut foam, awesome, um, laser cut, um, cups and stuff that you need. The tumblers are awesome. Um, God, they, they, they have everything. I can't think of anything that they don't make, but anyway, go check them out. Uh, that's the whole list guys. So anyway, we're gonna get back to this awesome conversation. Mr. Dave Riddle of the casual shooters podcast. I'll just keep rambling until the new thought comes back into my head because <laughs> I learned from my good friend, Robert Wyatt, that you don't want dead air. You know, it's interesting enough since I started the podcast is I listen to talk radio in the morning now, like on my way to, on my drive to work. And you just like, these guys don't miss a beat. Like, I mean, obviously they've been doing it together for years. Right. And it's just like, how, like, like how uh, no, there's like no dead time and they just know how to do it. And it's and they're having organic conversations for the most part. Well, and, and I will say the benefit of when it was the three of us doing it all the time was it was nice. We're being the host, as you know, you know, I've got a, I've got a notepad so I can write stuff down. It looks like you've done it as well. Yep. Um, but Leo and Huggy can sit back and listen. And then like Leo uh, with his sense of humor, just would chime in with stuff and change the whole dynamic of the conversation, make everything funny. Mm -hmm. um, so you, we never really had that dead air. Like I do now at times being just me. Yeah. And I will say it's, I think being a solo person doing this is you have to listen actively and, yep. but still be like secondarily thinking somewhere else at the same mm -hmm. time i mean you know how it goes it's like yeah I'm listening to this i'm loving this but how can i turn this into the next thing <laughs> um and just keep the flowing the organic conversation going and um i mean you guys everyone can try to do that. I'm, I'm not saying i'm an i'm 
professional at this. I'm definitely an amateur at best, but y'all give it a, you listeners go give it a shot. Start your own podcast or at least I, I honestly, I would say anybody, I would recommend anybody is interview your best friend and see how much you actually know about them. And it really can turn, I don't know. It turns the brain. It seems like on how well you can be a speaker yet. You're still comfortable. You know how that works? Like, because you know how people get super nervous when they like, oh, I'm interviewing somebody. I don't know if you've ever had this, but I've had guests who are like, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm nervous. I've never done one of these before. And I'm like, I got you. It's going to be easy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, it, there's the hardest part. And it, it's always learning as you go. Mm-hmm. You know, I I've been actively listening to a lot of Joe Rogan's podcasts. Because I think he's a very good interviewer and it flows well. I don't know how much um, editing they do. I, I have no idea. But just listening to it from a podcast standpoint doesn't sound like they do a lot. And he just does it on his own. Mm-hmm. He does have a, a producer who can, you know, Google stuff, put things up on a screen for them and things like that. But um i've been trying to you know like i said this is learn as you go on the job training so i've been trying to actively make that active listening and thinking at the same time better and better and it's it can be tricky yeah and i've honestly felt like the person i know the least about makes that conversation super easy like if I don't know much about them, like I know them vaguely enough, but I haven't done like a super research or talked to them a lot. Uh, it definitely makes the conversation flow really well for me. Like I remember I did a show with my friend. He's a local shooter. He, I think he won a class. No, he, he was third A at nationals last year in carry optics, but I know so much about him. It was very hard for me to interview him because I knew too much uh so you know like there's you know how like there's inside jokes or the things you both know that like people won't understand what we're talking about like right that happened at a range like xyz so but i've had some conversations i've never talked to the person before other than hey you want to come on my podcast and then it was boom they're freaking fantastic shows do you ever do you ever feel you like you like slammed that one out of the park after you get done with some of these oh yeah Absolutely. And it's, I don't even want to say that I did, but I'll get, I'll, you know, we'll get done and I'll, I'll go in there and tell my wife, I was like, that was a fantastic conversation. And I will say, I probably say that 75% of the time. Mm -hmm. And the other ones, it's not that the conversation is bad, but maybe, I don't know if I just wasn't on my game at the time. And I feel like it just didn't flow well. And, and that's on me. You know, that's not the guest. Well, don't feel that because I do that too. And I'm just like, I was off tonight. It was bad. Yeah. Like, I don't know where I was. Like, so so we're there together. It's, 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 <laughs> I mean, we all can't be Joe Rogan, but I do. Yeah. I, I, I don't know about you. I listen to podcasts at two times speed because. Oh, do you really? I, I do because one, like there's a couple of podcasts I listen to that are not shooting related that go four hours, but mm. I can't dedicate four hours to them. So I turn them on two times speed and I get through half the time. Okay. Well, you listen to talk radio in the morning. So I have a, about a 40 to 45 minute commute. Mm-hmm. So I listen to podcasts in the morning. 
going to work and coming home from work. And then when I'm not at work on those days, I have two great Danes that I've got to take to, um, we're members at an Isaac Walton, which has a hundred acres. Mm -hmm. So I take them out there every day for about 45 minutes and, you know, they can run around. We walk for a bit, probably walk for about a mile. They run around like crazy, get their exercise out. So I listen to podcasts then too. So I try to use all those times I'm not at home doing something to listen to podcasts, whether it's just trying to learn or, you know, cause I listen to the Hornady podcast because it's rifle ballistic. So it's mm-hmm. one of my passions. Um, but I listen to Joe Rogan. I listen to, I'll listen to Steve's or whatever and, and try to learn stuff. Yeah. And I will say probably the best podcast that's come out since the lull, we'll call it, was uh, Hunter's HD Gold Behind the Lens. Like Brian does a fantastic job with just like, oh, you talked about this. Oh, we're going this whole other direction. Just kind of like, boom, it's like there. And, and I don't know if it's necessarily because he's got his brand behind it that just boosts it, like makes it even better. I mean, because I love Brian as a person because Brian's great. Right. And, but it, it's just, he makes us such a good product. Even although all he has to do is hit the record button and just let it rip. Yeah. I mean, he gets, and because of who he is and what he does, you know, he gets a, a lot of those shooters. He can just get them in there and sit them down and, and have a chat with them, which is very nice. And he does, he does a great job just having conversations with them. I definitely want to get some Hunter's HD lenses in my aim cam glasses. You don't have those yet? I do not. It, it's like you said, you know, where if you're like, you haven't gotten aim cam glasses because other stuff comes up. I haven't gotten the lenses because other stuff has come up. You got to Okay. So at area eight, you got to get yourself Hunter's HD gold cert. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I better start practicing now. Yeah. Do they now, I guess we'll go that way. Does area, I've never been to area eight. Do they do a prize table? Do they do random draw or is that mostly staff prizes? Staff prizes that I, that I'm aware of. I've never seen anything otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're there for fun, not to win. Right. <laughs> right. Well, actually I think, um, I think they, they give away, I think they gave away a pistol the last couple of times, like the morning of the shoot. Mm-hmm. but other than that there's no prize table right it's all staff stuff so gotcha now i guess since we're talking major matches how many do you try to get in throughout the year wow that is um that's a one of those questions where it's dwindled significantly because of my work schedule mm-hmm. it just like my shooting has the first year i want to say i shot like 40 40 matches mm-hmm. in 2019 2020 i shot like 20 something and then it was like eight and then four wow um yeah it's it's dropped significantly because of my schedule and this year um i've got the del marva scheduled and i'm trying to get to nationals maybe area eight but that would be it yeah yeah, especially when you got to take time off of, you know, you got to take, you, no matter what you got to do, you got to take time off work. Yeah. And I've got, you know, some of that time, like I was saying, because we have great Danes at home and my 
mom lives with us. Typically one of us is always here. So that's why, you know, she goes with her sister to Hawaii. I'll go and do my thing. One of us is always here to kind of take care of things. So that plays into all of it as well. So you haven't trained the great Danes yet to take care of her yet? <laughs> no, I mean, I've got one that could probably pull her upstairs, but <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's another statement too, is like, you know, I have corgis, you know, other end of the spectrum, super, t- you know, <laughs> short dogs, but they always, some, like somebody's got to be here for them. Yep. I mean, I saw, who was it? I think it was Full Metal Jesse had that story on her Instagram the other day of this corgi with his like doggy glasses and doggy earmuffs. And I'm like, I wish you were like, I wish that was my dog <laughs> to go to the range with me and be like, let's hop in the truck. Let's drive an hour to the range. Yeah, that's the that's definitely a downside. My home club, the range I'm a member of, is an hour away. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, well, I shoot at that Isaac Walton, and there are so many rules. You can't shoot while moving. You can't, what they call rapid fire. So anything more than doubles is considered rapid fire. Can't shoot at steel. I mean, there's a whole lot of nothing that you can do. Yeah. That's no fun. Yeah, no fun. It's just like indoor ranges. Indoor ranges, like the closest indoor range to me won't allow you to use reloads. And I'm like, okay, now that sucks. No practice here. Because you can't take a, I could never pass a nine major open gun. Is like, oh, this is all factory ammo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because then, okay, then like, yeah, that would be. <laughs> I'd scare the piss out of everybody in this small eight, mini indoor <laughs> range. Boom, boom, boom. It sounds like the ceiling's collapsing. <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely not in the best neighborhood. <laughs> not that it's oh. not safe, but like the building's a little shy. <laughs> it's like there's plenty of bullet holes in the ceiling. <laughs> Oh Lord. But it has made the neighborhood a little bit safer because it's not the best place. Right. Well, at least that end is safer. Yeah. You know, that is for sure. I mean, the guys there are great, but when you talk to them, but like, you, I don't know about you. Whenever I go into a gun store, I like to talk guns, but I also don't like want to show. I know more about guns than the guys working behind the gun counter. (laughs) They're like, I'm like, so when i like sometimes the wife will go with me to go look she'll look at guns or something and i'm like don't listen to whatever he said (laughs) right yeah yeah so so you've gone the past couple years down to talladega yeah i've gone um twice to is that right Hmm. no i guess just once to um frostproof and twice to talladega yeah now what was it the first year in talladega did they go they went to the motor speedway didn't they for the awards they did yeah the infield mm -hmm. now and then last year they went to some other meeting hall or something it was the fox um fox team sport something like that their little I don't want to call it a pavilion, but they have their own little building um, for Fox Sports. It was a pretty big little hall. Mm-hmm. Now, which do you think was better, the big the infield or the Fox building, not including oh. Bobby's food? <laughs> and I didn't even get Bobby's food. Um, 
infield mm-hmm. for sure. Because you could go sit in the car, right? You could go sit in the car, <laughs> but even then it was just such a different setup. It was really nice in there. Mm-hmm. Didn't they, did they have mic audio issues there um, for carry optics? Um, I don't think so. Cause I remember you live streamed it, but I couldn't remember. I did. I don't think they had, um, no, I don't think they had mic issues with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that was when K- what, carry optics was with PCC that year. That's right. Yes. And I think that was probably a better pairing than this, than 2022 with PCC and production. Yeah. You should never put those two together. I mean, those, those are like the only way you could make that the, uh, a wider extreme is to make it revolver and PCC. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, you're, you're doing a low cap irons and optic, you know what I mean? Like, and I was just talking to, you know, Matt and I were just talking about this, where I feel if you're going to have PCC at nationals, then you need to test that gun and that shooter. So you should have shots that are 75 yards, but you could never do that if you're matching it up with production. Mm -hmm. You can't do that to a production shooter. That's ridiculous. No, you couldn't even do that to an open shooter. Like, no, but but a 50-yard shot for an open shooter is different than a 50-yard shot for a production shooter. You oh, know, you could you could do that, but it's almost like because PCC is a rifle, it's almost like maybe you have two gun and PCC. <laughs> you right. know, which that wouldn't work either, but I'm just saying that it just it doesn't really work with anything but itself. Right. The, I think the only way you could do that is if you did like a back-to-back nationals with not a lot of changeover, like you have two gun and then you have P, you have PCC nationals and then turn it into two gun. Yeah, you could do that. And then, and then you could at least be testing the PCC, but then there's always the PCC guys who are like, well, it's not, you know, it's not United States pistol association. It's practical. And we shoot every weekend. We shoot PCCs with pistols all the time. And you know, there's the whole debate about it, but well, and what Matt was telling me was he hears a lot of those people are like, they don't, they don't want to shoot rifle distances. They mm-hmm. only want to shoot pistol distances. And right. I'm like, so what? It's yeah. a rifle. I don't care what you say. It's a, it's a rifle. Yeah. And I could only see the only problem. I think we're trying to push distances out is depending on the venue. Most clubs don't have you know they have 25 yard pistol bays sure but they don't have 50 or 100 right you know that that's like that's like the the downside like at my club per se we've got awesome like 15 16 25 yard pistol bays but we don't have a 50 yard bay unless like unless you kitty cornered it from you know the very back of the you know the the very back most part you can be at the berm to the corner berm you know that's all you could probably get but that's really pushing the the limits of the bay we have. <laughs> yeah, and, and I agree. That's how most of them are. But you know, maybe they do. Uh, maybe they do a back to back at like St. George or wherever it is, where some of those bays are long. Mm-hmm. Right, and even like uh, Max Lee Grant is having his match out there in um, yeah, but the Cobalt Kinetics range out like literally across the street from St. George. <laughs> Um, they have some really cool natural terrain shooting. 
kind of jealous. It would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you have any go- Do you have any goals for uh, this year, either in the podcast or for your shooting? I really don't have any for my shooting at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but er- I mean, every year my goal with the podcast is growth. So I, I probably look, I don't look at the minutia of my analytics. I look, I try to just keep it to the broader picture of things and see where the growth is, when it is and where it's going. So that's, that's my biggest goal is to just keep growing the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's what we all want to do is, through some endeavor or adventure is be able to keep growing it without getting burnt out or stagnant. Like for you, I don't, well, for me, I'll speak for myself. I like to record in kind of batches to an, to an extent. Like I like to record two or three in like two weeks and then take a week off and be able to do that kind of thing. But some people show like, I don't know how you'd like to re- necessarily record, but that's just me, but keep that work-life balance. Yeah, I think, and I think it has a tendency to do that anyway, where it seems like you get a bunch of people who can do it in this, these few weeks, and then you'll have a couple of weeks where nobody's available, and then it opens up again. So I think it's just that ebb and flow of when people are available. Yeah, like, I like, I never knew about Candly or can Calendly. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, Calendly. That is like the best <laughs> software ever. I finally figured it out, got it set up, but like now I don't have to go back and forth with people. It's like, here, mm-hmm. this is my availability. You fill it out. <laughs> yeah. It's like, just pick the day and time that works best for you. So it works great. We don't have to email back and forth a hundred times and you pick what's best, most convenient for you. Yep. And then if it has to change, like, oh, well, we'll, we'll fix it, right? <laughs> yeah. Easy day. Mm-hmm. Well, and then it, for, you know, I don't know if you have yours integrated, but, you know, mine will make automatically make my Zoom call for me. I don't have to do it. Like, it's one less step. And then I don't have to send it to anybody. It's hard. Yeah, to I had it. I had it integrated with my Google calendar. But then what I found was if it would affect my other dates for work it was really weird so i ended up having to stop that Mm. um but so i just go in and do it manually but i I love it it's fantastic yeah so if you could have if you well i guess in 2023 who would be like your most sought after or most desired conversation to have hmm I don't know if I have one. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I have a most desired per se. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I'm contemplating getting a media pass for nationals so I can actually do some things there with the podcast that I've not been able to do before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got some other ideas going through my mind, but I, I, I enjoy talking to 
all of the shooters, regardless of skill level. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that there's any one that I guess if I, if I had to pick one, the, the only one that would be out there that, and I say this because it's so difficult would be Eric Grafell because of the whole time gap issue with him being in Europe and all of that. But otherwise, I mean, if we're just talking American shooters, I'm open to all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'll talk with anybody on any skill level or any topic, really. Like, like I just talked to the other, the one that went live today um, was Jen Tang. She's a Texas shooter, a, you know, a Texas carry optics open shooter who owns a pho restaurant in Dallas. And I'm like, I want to talk to you. <laughs> mm, okay. And, and she's got dogs. Like, I mean, everyone, anyone who's a dog lover is like a okay in my book because dogs are <laughs> superior than cats. <laughs> yeah. I can't argue that point at all. Yep. Except, except the razor whip tails, like those hurt, <laughs> but it's okay. You just, you just still love them. You pet them. And then eventually their tail goes in another direction. That's not you. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, now, now, did you ever expect your podcast to hit a hundred episodes? Mm. I don't think I really ever looked at it like that because it, it's, I think it's more work than people realize. Mm-hmm. So it was exciting when I got to a hundred, like, this is awesome. Um, but I didn't really have time to enjoy it or dwell on it because it was like, all right, you got the next podcast coming up. You got this and you got that. So like, I don't need, I, I I'm coming up on technically I have a whole bunch more than 125 because I have other podcast episodes I put up that I call special episodes. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably closer to 135 to 140. So I'm, I'm coming in on 150, but, even then I'm like, man, it's just a number. It's constantly moving. Did you know, statistically, most podcasts won't get past the 10th episode? Yeah. I, I knew there was a, for some reason I was thinking 25, but you're probably right. Right. Well, I think it's a very small number. Yeah. Well, yeah. And usually it's either people stop, they, it's either they pick too too narrow of a topic to talk about, and then they run out of things to talk about. It's kind of like the Steve Anderson method, right? Like you're, you're talking about the same thing over and over again, but eventually you find new ways to make it interesting so you can have 4 million episodes. Yeah. So that's a lot of people's, or, or they start a podcast with a friend, and then that friend can't do it anymore, and then it just stops because they don't have the ambition to adapt right or they don't have yeah they don't have a way to keep it going themselves mm-hmm. i mean i'm i'm very glad for being where i'm at and being able to you know not say churn and burn but i still have the passion and the drive to do the next one i i get it's weird because i'm really like an introvert but i really enjoy these it's it's quite interesting for me and where are you at um episode wise um Oh, you're going to make me think. So this um, <laughs> this episode, if my math's right, will be episode 95. Oh, okay. So I'm right around the corner. I've already got stuff planned for the 100th episode. I already know who it's going to be with. They've already agreed because um, they're a special friend to me So and a mentor in the sport. So it kind of, it's a good payoff for both of us. Um, you know, you doing it live? 
no, it won't be live just because of my major ma- like my schedule goes like so today anyone who cares this is actually February 20th of 2023 um less than 60 days from now I am running my first major match as a match director so I mm. need to churn and burn epi- not in a good way churn and burn episodes to get me past that date so everything will just upload and I'll be great and then after that I can start worrying about you know recording again really like as a you know ebb and flow kind of thing but you know, running ma- and then my major match schedule starts from there, so so that's why I like to I like to record ahead of time. But that's just me. Yeah. I try to do the same. It doesn't always work out, but yeah. for the most part, I-, I remember when I first started, it was you know it was hand to mouth. It was like ooh an episode, cool. It's going up on Monday. Ooh, like you know you're doing them on Friday, <laughs> Saturday night, and you're like I got to edit this and put it back up and and all that good stuff and. Yep. So Dave, we're getting near to where I've got for questions for you and um and what we've got going on, but um what is something that you would have wished you would have, you know, if, if you if present Dave could tell past Dave about doing the podcast or anything really, what would it be? Hmm, man, what would I do? What would I say? Um hmm, I I think I would have I've really started using um, Google Drive in order to lay out the topics for the evening. I think I would have, that would be one, do that sooner. Um, And I think I would have, I would tell the Dave then to sit down and do more research on shooters and send out invites sooner as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can think see those that are two big ones. Yeah. I Google is your best friend. It, it'll help you out immensely. Like, I don't know where it'd be. We'd like, I don't know where anyone would be without a drive, you know, like access it from anywhere. Like, yeah. But yeah. Um, I guess another side question I have is, uh, have you how many have you been rejected? And if so, how many? One. Just one? And he's still rejecting me. <sighs> and he's a brand new world champion. Mm. Luke Cow. And that's and that's not busting on Luke Cow because I've asked him several times. He's like, oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I've asked him, you know, because <laughs> he shoots, uh, he's in Maryland. So he shoots locals around me and I've seen him there and I've chatted with him. And then we just chatted at a, we had a good conversation, probably like a 15 minute conversation at shot show. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you, I can also, he seems nervous, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't have an issue with that, but he's the only one that um, now I've had others who are like, yeah, I'll come on. And then crickets. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could say, they did. Luke's the only one who's come out and said, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm not ready. You know? So I, that's why I say one, because he's the only one who's actually said no, but I totally get it. I have no issue with Luke and hope, you know, hopefully when, if he ever gets to that point, he'll come on. It's okay. I'll ask him and then he'll say yes. 
I'll listen. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Like everybody who's told me, no, it's only been a few, but I totally understand, you know, it's either privacy or they're like, nah, I'm going to like, I had one guy, he's like, no, I'm an asshole. I don't want, I, like no one will watch it. So I was like, wow. Yeah. Uh, he's a good buddy. My, he's helped me out too, but he's definitely an internet troll guy. So he, uh, he, he's okay. He likes to, he likes he, to keep that, it spicy. <laughs> that might actually attract more listeners. Yeah. Other than the fact that they don't really know his name, like his, you know, you know, how people are on the internet. They don't share their real name sometimes. And oh, of on course. the internet. And then like, they don't know mm. who they're talking to it. Like they go to a match and they don't know who they're talking to. And then they're like, right. yeah, but yeah, there you go. Yeah. Now, they, um, I know you have, I don't know if you have sponsors, but you have partners for the podcast, right? Yeah. So this is the part where I let you pay your bills and promote your, you know, your partners. Oh, okay. Uh, well, um, I had Ben Kemp, um, yeah, Ben Kempamanis on from Laser App, uh, and that was a very good conversation. We've actually struck up a pretty good, I'll call it friendship, since then, because he's a former Marine, I'm a former Marine, so we had that going on. Um, so shout out to those guys. They're looking to do more and more in the dry fire training arena. Mm-hmm. So, uh. And oh boy, gun boy. butter. Oh, yep, gun butter. Yeah, I'm gonna go with gun. I mean, I'm not gonna go with I I was gonna say the owner's name, but um I'm hoping to have him back on. I actually I'm very because of my rifle shooting past, I'm very particular about what I use on guns. Mm-hmm. And I really like the gun butter. Um, so I'm shout out to them and I don't get anything from hoist, but being a paramedic, uh, from a medical standpoint, I can't recommend anything better for your listeners or mine. If you want to get hydrated or stay hydrated, because look, when you're sweating to death in 98 degree weather, you're not just sweating out water. You're sweating out electrolytes and you got the right blend of electrolytes in there and it tastes good. So, mm-hmm. well, especially since, you know, you're a paramedic, you know, it's super easy for people to get dehydrated and it's so hard to come back from being dehydrated. And people think that now I spent f- five years in Marine reconnaissance. So when we would hydrate before going on any type of training or whatever mission we had, you'd start a week out. Mm-hmm. You start hydrating seven days before you go. And people who think they can start the day before are kidding themselves, but they do it all the time. So if you're going to shoot a major match in heavy and uh, high weather or hot weather, start three days early. Cause you're only doing it for a day, but three days early and drink some hoist. Mm-hmm. I did listen to that episode. That was very good. And it was very nice to actually hear the science behind it, you know, in the episode too. I will say that was a very good one. I'm trying to do another follow-up with that because they should have more data coming out as well as the gun butter. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to, uh, I got a yes from gun butter. I'm just waiting on them to say, Hey, I can talk about things. <laughs> okay. So I bet you're in the same boat as I am at this point. It's like, I want that green light again, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's all I put on my open gun is gun butter. I like, I okay. had, I had one of their shooters give me a sample last year at area five. And I, I was like, I was saving it for, I knew when I was getting my open gun, I'm like, that's what I'm going to use. And, and it's been working great for ever since. 
plus it's like you can kind of tell that it's there it's not like it just goes away right you can see it there's a very thin sheen mm-hmm. but but the the slide works very well mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm very impressed with it yeah I will agree to that. But um, Dave, where can they, if they want to get in touch with you, they want to listen to the podcast, where can they find all that on the internet? Uh, well, if you look at every episode I have, whether it's YouTube or um, audio, there's a, a link to the website, which is casual shooter podcast, no S, casual shooter podcast.com. Um, there's a tab that has contact where you can just email or a lot of times people send me messages on Instagram. So I'm good there too. Mm -hmm. And same thing, casual shooter podcast. Boom. You can check them out on YouTube, check them out on, I'm assuming all podcasting platforms and the like all of them. Yep. Cause if you're not on all of them, you're on none of them. It seems like. Right. Exactly. But yeah so guys i really recommend you checking out um the casual shooters podcast um it's they're a great com- it's a great episode they're great episodes and you kind of just get sucked into them too because you kind of forget that time's going by but anyway check them out david thank you for coming on i've had fun i hope you've had fun i have and uh to the listeners until next time get out and do the things and i will see you on the next one